You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. In this week's episode, Father Paul continues his discussion of Genesis chapter 2, highlighting its interconnection with Genesis chapter 3, beginning with verse 16, and the Lord God's commandment that man not partake of the tree of knowledge. Father Paul will explain how death as punishment in the biblical story is not the same as natural death. He will also talk about his famous reading that the creation of woman who was built out of the man is a clever play on the biblical critique of the things men build with their own hands. I am happy to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. One point for my hearers is that the way I showed how chapters 1 and 2 are connected, 2 and 3 are more so because basically it's the same story that carries. You don't have only verbal connections, but we have also the same story. You have the mention of the two trees and the commandment not to eat. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. And then suddenly you have this taken up in chapter three. So really one has to make an effort when things are complex. And remember, complex does not mean complicated. It's just complex. And one should not ask ahead of the time questions. Let the text flow and then one should hear what the author is making out of it, not the hearer. And this is what I dislike the most about reader response criticism or approach is as though the text is dead and it becomes alive only in the ear and mind of the hearer. This is, I mean, against scripture, which says that whether you hear or not hear, <laughs> it doesn't matter. The message is there. So let's keep this in mind and see what's going on. Now, this passage, after we heard that the man had to serve and keep the earth, suddenly we have something related to the keeping, as we mentioned last time, that the keeping is the keeping of the commandment. And these things, again, will become clearer for the hearer of Scripture. But it's good in the presentation for me to mention this to make it simpler for my hearer, or at least less complex. So the Lord commanded the man, very clear that verb will be found time and again in the law, and God commanded Moses, and the Lord commanded Moses. And this verb is from the same triliterate from which we have the commandment or the command. The word is tziwe, and then the commandment is mitzvah. So there we go. So it's a command with no debate about it. Namely, you may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil, you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it, you shall die. Let me begin with you shall die. The issue of death in scripture is not natural death. You know, we have to dismiss that because the human being is going to die. 
sooner or later. It is the death as punishment, as coming from God. It's a death that is implemented by God at the breaking of the commandment. Remember how later in Leviticus and Deuteronomy, it is God who is the source of the blessing and also the source of the curse. Remember, there is only one God, the source of everything. We cannot separate as though we have two sources of the good and the evil, which is taken up in most of the philosophies. And this is clear because, as I said earlier, and let's repeat it here, that the knowledge of the good and of the evil is a reflection of the status of judge. Only the judge at the end of a court case that emits the judgment. And remember, the judge can break even the decision of the jury. Okay. And that will explain to us why the serpent will play on this issue, namely that God doesn't want you to be like him as God. And he got it right, but he didn't add that this is an impossibility. <laughs> so he lured the people to imagine that they could become like God. And you know what happened in subsequent theology about theosis and the rest of it. It's not so in the Bible. Now, already let me mention, because people are amazed at the end, but God did not punish Adam by putting him to death. Well, death has different aspects, as we shall see later. In other words, it's positing you in a situation that is not your normal situation, which could be fire, famine, and exile. That's why the exile is viewed as the death of a community, of a nation, of a totality. So let's understand this. The punishment will be there, but then if Adam disappears, then there is no scripture. As simple as that. So the story has to continue. And to jump at the end of chapter 3, he does not allow him to keep eating from the tree of life. Remember that the human being was eating from the tree of life, and that's why he was enjoying the life granted to him by God. And it is this kind of life that was ended, and thus, in a way, he was punished unto death, and Adam will die, as you will see. But the trick is that he will do so outside the garden, and it is outside the garden that Cain will be conceived, not only born, but also conceived. But let's get to our business here and the movement after this command to the introduction of the woman that becomes part of the triangular discussion between her, the man, and the serpent. But what is interesting is that the text begins by the formation of the animals in the same way in which the man was formed, out of the ground. And we shall hear it soon. But again, 
This is interesting through the introduction of this statement. I will make him a helper fit for him. Notice, before the formation of the animals. It is not good. Remember, the good is important in chapter 1 and the beginning of chapter 2, that the man should be alone. So we have to link this. It is not good. That would not be according to God's plan. And the decision is to make him a helper facing him. Let's say a few words on this fit. In the original, we have a preposition, but it goes into two different directions, which would be facing and also opposite. And that's the play on that. Facing and opposite. And thus, it's not just a helper that is basically submissive and does not react and does not have its own view of things. You could see how that word, that is very hard to render in other languages. The Greek, you have voithon, help for him. But the fit does not render fully the original. The Greek, obviously, because it's the closest, has this kata, kata afton. It is according to him, but those who know Greek will know that kata means against, but one would need a different declension. It should be kataftu instead of afton. So let's dismiss the Greek and go back to the original, where naked has these two possibilities, if you like. So the choice of this word, again, is very interesting. Someone who knows the scriptural Hebrew would notice immediately the use of this naked. Then, in order to respond to this comment by God, God forms every beast of the field and every bird and brought them to man. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. Number one, as I mentioned, the animals are formed exactly the way the human being is formed. And that brings to mind what we heard already in chapter one. That is full equality in the kind of being and life. They are both nefesh haya from the ground. I'm stressing this because suddenly in the case of the woman, we shall hear that she does not come from the ground. It's different. And then we have, again, this addition, as I mentioned to you. It's a very powerful, pregnant text. It has words, nouns, and verbs that are going to be clearer in a while. The man called every living creature that was its name. So the calling is very important. Let's keep it in mind, and then we're going to meet it again at the end of chapter 4, when the son of Adam was called Seth. The calling is very important. It reflects what something is all about. Obviously, I don't like the word essence, but 
the core of the being or the item and thus it is functional it's like when you name instruments in a way that would reflect what they are used for for instance the pliers you use them to ply so let's go into the effort to understand that the reality is functional and thus the naming is very important and you remember how I stress the meaning of personal names they are meant in this way and thus the word reflects the being the characters of that item whether human being or animal or instrument so the calling is very important and again to prepare my hearers in hebrew to pray god is basically to call upon him but we shall deal with this at the end of chapter 4 So again I guess what I'm trying to do with this text is to introduce my hearers to the fact that besides the movement of the story in these verses the hearer should be very careful to the phraseology that is used to the morphology that is used what words what verbs and so on and so forth and i'm trying to draw their attention quickly because i need to continue along the flow of the texts because the meaning is there ultimately so the man gave names again you see how the english may suddenly translate called which is qara in hebrew remember qara is to read aloud to call upon god and it's a very very important verb it says gave names but the original keeps it linked that whatever the animals were called at the end of chapter 19 thus they were and then 20 continues also in greek ekalesen this play in english becomes very dangerous you know i know that the hearers would say it's the same thing well it could be the same thing but then you lose the connection to all cattle birds of the air every beast of the field notice the birds of the air again are included because ultimately they are earth animals they land on earth obviously the animals of the sea are not mentioned they live in a different realm they are not threatened by the flood and so on and so forth repetition is important so that my hearers would see the accuracy with which the writer is writing but the funny thing is that for the man there was not found a helper for him very interesting that the intention to find a helper was unsuccessful the hebrew has and one does not find whether it's god whether it's the man it's left open so the english translated it as it was not found for him meaning that whatever was done was not satisfactory 
many people criticize me by saying that uh, this unhappiness of man does not mean that God did not wish what was the outcome, namely that the woman was built for man. And yet I'm convinced that the text plays on that because suddenly it's not as though God formed another being, but that being was built out of the man. And built in scripture is something already negative, bad. So something is wrong there. And we shall see the outcome of that. Remember, one has to follow the story and not ask philosophical questions about it. That man was not satisfied. So God tried to satisfy him and thus the woman is ultimately the wish of the man. And I'm going to prove this to you from the original text. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of the ribs and closed up its place with flesh. Remember, the rib is chosen not because when I hear people at weddings and so on, it's close to the heart and so on. I mean, it's silly. Ribs is one of many of its kind, which is like the stones. That is why we shall hear immediately the verb to build that will be picked up in the ark and more importantly in the building of the tower later. Buildings are not good in the Bible. Let's say you hear the Bible and then you're hearing it the second time. There is no way you're going to miss that you have heard the word to build and you're going to react to it. Why? Okay? So remember, the Bible is intended to be heard again and again and again and again to understand it precisely. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.